What's up, guys? This is Carlos from Ignite Me and the Meat Project. I want to tell you about my new favorite granola. It's made by Tammy D'Onofrio, a fit chick. Definitely check it out. It tastes great. I've eaten about two bags since yesterday. I really, really love this stuff. www.fitchicksd.com is where you can check it out. This is The Meat Project, weekly discussions with leaders in the wellness community. Visit us online at themeatproject.live. All right, guys, we are back here with the Me Project podcast, and we are super excited to have Dr. Dave Gerbarg on the show today. Um, he's a doctor of physical therapy, a certified strength and conditioning specialist, and an all-around awesome guy. You can check out his website at 19sportsmed.com. Dave, welcome to the show. How are you doing today? Yeah, I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. Yeah, man, it's, it's an honor. Um, so just diving right into it, man, let's start off with your background. Uh, where'd you grow up? How'd you get into what you, what you do today? Yeah, so I grew up in Phoenix, Arizona. Uh, both my parents are physicians, okay. and uh, I spent a lot of my younger years uh, playing a number of different sports and had my fair share of injuries yeah. uh, and had a lot of experience with physicians, with physical therapists, uh, and with personal trainers. So um, I kind of grew a love for not only athletics in general when I was younger, um, but also for the healthcare side of, of, uh, of sports-related injuries. Right. My parents... Um, being, both being physicians kind of talked me out of going uh, going that route because they saw kind of the writing on the wall with the changes in healthcare. Be the physician route. Being the physician right. route, and uh, and I actually worked as uh, as a strength coach for a college lacrosse team. Worked uh, as a coach for a number of years, and just got really involved with the athletes. Wanted to spend a lot of time with people, and that's mm-hmm. and that's kind of the direction uh, why I chose physical therapy. You also played collegiate. Lacrosse, right? I did. I played collegiately. Uh, I had a I had a pretty sweet three week pro career as well. <laughs> pro <laughs> career, and then you, I, you hurt I did. I was drafted. I, dra- I was drafted into the there's there are two professional lacrosse leagues. No way. Um, and uh, it didn't last very long, but it was it was it was a lot of fun. So, but did yeah, you played, injury or what happened? Uh, no, no, I just wasn't quite good enough. Ah. <laughs> yeah, it's, they, real, it's cutthroat, right? It's cutthroat. Yeah, it's yeah. really good. No, I actually, I was lucky enough to go through all four years. I started all four years in college awesome. and only missed three practices. I never missed a game due wow. to injury. So, wow. So yeah, pretty it's a lucky. testament to uh, prehabilitation on that one. I'm sure prehab and, and luck and, and a luck. lot of luck. Yeah. Sure, sure. Um, and where did you study sports medicine and biomechanics? Yeah, so my undergraduate was kinesiology, okay. uh, and I studied that at Whittier College, which is a small uh, liberal arts college in L.A., okay. and I went to the University of Colorado uh, for, to get my doctorate in physical therapy. And did Whittier, was Whittier the reason you ended up in Southern California? Whittier is the reason I ended up in Southern California. They awesome. were one of only a number of NCAA lacrosse teams west of Ohio. Ah, so, so you wanted to go to a place that had NCAA lacrosse and also offered the uh, the kinesiology program. I'm right. Sure. Yeah, I Got wanted it. to play play competitively in college. You wanted yeah. to play competitively and learn yeah. about the body. I like exactly. that. Exactly. Cool, man. Um, one of the things straight from your website that I like, it's kind of like your bio, um, and it goes like this. Dave is a doctor of physical therapy and a certified strength and conditioning specialist with expertise in sports injury rehabilitation, sports injury prevention, rotational power development, and athlete counseling. So I kind of want to break that up a little bit and just start with injury rehabilitation. Um, I'm sure there's not that many people out there that haven't gone through some sort of injury in their life, and especially in the area we live in. You know, most people have insurance. Most people have doctors. So most people, I, I'd say it's pretty safe to say, have gone through kind of the traditional system of go to, go to your primary care guy. He tries to assess what happens, and he's going to send you to a specialist, and then maybe they'll send you to, to rehabilitation. Um, 
talk to us a little bit maybe about your opinion on that process, how your services may be different. Yeah, no, I, I, that's a great question. I'm glad you asked that. So the reason why I started One Nine uh, Sports Medicine and Physical Therapy was because I felt that the healthcare uh, world right now wasn't doing a service to our our clients in the best way that we could. Uh, we're specializing at a faster rate than than really we imagined. So physicians are specializing in all kinds of different areas. Chiropractors are specializing. Physical therapists are doing the same thing. Mm-hmm. And getting you to the right person faster is is really important. Um, and unfortunately, we we don't have a system that allows us to do that. So uh, my model of rehabilitation or, or the way I, I handle my clients and my and my patients is not dissimilar to yours, uh, I think in a lot of ways. And, and my belief is we're all athletes. Mm-hmm. So if I have somebody who comes into me that's that's a youth, um, you know, high level elite volleyball player, uh, I'm going to treat them the same as I do, you know, my 55 year old who wants to, to play golf on the weekend. Sure. Uh, so they have, they have similar needs, uh, even though they're the stress level that they might be able to handle is different. So, sure. uh, from, from a, from a rehabilitation standpoint, if you're approaching, I think if you're approaching patients and the same thing with personal training, mm-hmm. uh, and I've seen you do this and, and, and I've seen a lot of some of the, some of the better, uh, personal trainers that I've seen is they treat everybody the same, right? Sure. They need the same kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. It's not, it's not rocket science, right. uh, but we've got to treat them like athletes and we Absolutely. need to, and we need to prioritize them. Very cool. You, um, you touched on something that I want to touch on a little more and it's getting to the right person faster. And, and for the people that may not know how to do that, or may be struggling with that, what's your advice given obviously the current system that we're in, but also your knowledge on how to work that system a little yeah, bit. It's really difficult. That's a, that's a very tricky question. So the the problems you run into uh, are primarily barriers that are put in place by the insurance system right and um i don't contract with insurance companies intentionally uh for a number of reasons one because they make it more difficult for my patients to find me to work with me uh and a number of those other things sure so so they're doing a disservice to a client of both of ours mm-hmm. uh, somebody who's their insurance client and and my physical therapy client um, mostly I will recommend that people see a primary care physician because mm-hmm. a primary care physician can make sure it's, it's not something serious and they're really best at being the gatekeepers or nurse practitioner. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're good at being the gatekeepers, but when you're an athlete and you know this, you're an athlete and you have, you have people come in here all the time and they say, my knee aches. Sure. Uh, I sprained my ankle, right? Some of these some of these injuries we know are musculoskeletal right. and you know it's nothing serious. Right. There's nothing systemic going on. Right. It's a no-brainer. You, you need to get to a physical therapist uh, first. They're going to do a, a thorough assessment. The cost of going to a physical therapist is so much less than going to a primary care physician. Right. And with me, you can get in and see me within 48 hours and oftentimes even less than that. Right. So just come in, we'll check it out, and basically – determine what's the next course of care. If you right. need if you need x-rays and certainly something like that, you need to go see a physician. But sure. uh, somebody can somebody can make that determination. And luckily in California, you can see a physical therapist without a prescription. Nice. So we have direct access. Is that unique is to California? It's not unique to California. Most states have it now. Okay. Uh, but there still are some states that are restricting it. California has had it uh, for only two years now, I wow. believe, maybe three. So before that, you had to actually go to the doctor first and spend money doing that before you could even see a physical therapist. Yeah, even if you knew it was it was a simple ankle sprain, right? And and certainly physical therapy would be the right course of action for that. For that. Absolutely, yeah. 
Jumping into injury prevention, which I think is where we're going to spend most of our time today, you know, who doesn't suffer from a little back pain, a little knee pain? Let's kind of knock out some of these areas of bodies and get kind of Dr. Dave's advice, if you will, on on some of these areas. The biggest one I hear from, um, from my my clients, not patients, if you will, um, is back pain. You know, people sit all day, people drive all day, people don't stretch enough, people don't strengthen enough. You know, obviously that's my watered-down approach to it. But what's what's your advice for back pain? How do we help? How do people help themselves keep their backs healthy? Yeah, I think that's I think that's a really important area for both of us. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, your your primary goal, and I've heard you express this, is let's make sure my clients don't get injured. Right. Because if they can't, if they're if they're injured, not only can they not participate in your programs, which has a big psychological effect on them. Sure. Uh, the social aspect's really critical, uh, but overall, overall health. So priority number one, and you've said it a number of times, um, and I know it's a priority of your programs, is make sure they don't get injured. Right. Uh, I think that's. I think the key for. I think the key for most individuals is find a personal trainer, find a group who focuses on mobility, focuses on strengthening the right way, uh, and isn't overloading you. Yeah. And, and by overloading, I mean if, if you're nervous about doing something, it's probably too much too early. Yeah. Uh, but I've seen a lot of personal trainers in this area who are well-educated, who, who are providing great injury prevention benefit. Yeah. And we're talking about appropriately warming up, Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, you know, focusing on stabilization type training mm-hmm. before we move to, uh, the really ballistic, really high powered stuff. Right. Uh, and especially with your older athletes. Now I may be jumping off course here a little bit, okay. but the, the veterans in the NFL train very differently from the rookies. Right. And, and there's a reason for that because the, the focus has shifted to longevity is important. Maintenance. Maintenance is important. Sure. Consistency, right? I need to be on the field for, you know, for 16 games mm-hmm. uh, in the season, whereas the younger guys are trying to pull every ounce of everything out of their bodies. 99.9% of people are not doing that, are right. not trying to do that, and really that shouldn't be their goal. Right. So from an injury prevention perspective, I think it's as simple as find a personal trainer who's up on the evidence. Make sure that they know what's the best way to stretch, what are the best ways to strengthen, and, what are, and really what are the impairments, how, to, how are they assessing you to find what impairments are, are causing or increasing your risk of back pain. Right. Huge. Yeah. That's awesome. I mean, that goes back to finding the right person. And, and you're right. right. We're, we're lucky in this area that, if anything, we're saturated with trainers and, yeah. and uh, wellness professionals. So it's really about being picky and... and one of the things that I found and that I think is, is kind of a, a negative thing, and I don't know if you experience this in the physical ser- therapy side of things, but people almost feel like they're obligated to stay with a certain trainer or, or right. you know, they're like, they feel like they're going to cheat on their, on their therapist or something, yeah. you know, and I tell people, you know, variety is the spice of life. Like the best thing to do is go try different things, see what works for you. When was the last time you wore the same pair of shoes for five years straight? Right. You know, you, it's, it's about changing it up, finding what works for you. Um, finding someone that's safe. And um, for those of us that maybe can't afford a consistent personal training type thing, do you have any suggestions for that? Yeah, so there are a lot, there are a lot of options out there. I think, you, I think you could probably speak to them better than I can um, for as far as class passes sure. and those types of things. But I, I think that's a great point that you're making, which is variety is essential. Mm-hmm. 
for injury prevention as well as just keeping you happy yeah. about about your about your program and, yeah. and any program that you're a part of you know this especially with your clients who are trying to lose weight yeah. any program that you can continue to be a part of on a consistent basis is going to have really great benefits for have you really results. yeah and i think the happy point that you just touched on is huge you know it, and as a gym owner and trainer, I, I sometimes hate to say this, but sometimes the best place to get in shape is outside of the gym. Right. You know, do things that are fun for you, that make you happy, that, you know, f- think about the sports you played as a kid, go play them, you know, and that's, right. that's one thing that um, I'm he- reading a lot about lately is, is the, the power of play. And if people return to that, that concept of just playing and not worrying so much about, oh, I got to do 15 reps of this, um, you know, they're going to have more sustained results because they're going to be able to sustain that activity longer. Right. Yeah, I think it's great. So, so that's huge. Um, what about knee pain and, and just kind of overall knee health, which is, you know, knees are, are something that are all beat up. Everyone talks about their knees, especially with a lot of the impact stuff we do. Sure. I know a lot of it from, from my training comes from, you know, tightness in the hips, um, tightness, you know, in the hamstrings, things like that. What do you recommend to, to your average person? Obviously not knowing specifics, um, but just in general, knee health, what do you recommend for people? Yeah, I think, I think it's a hard, I think knee health is more difficult to throw a blanket. Right. You know, these are the things you need to do compared to back pain. Back pain, we know hamstring length, hamstring length, so stretching your hamstrings, hip flexor length, and core strength are really the are really kind the of everybody needs them. For that, sure. Yeah, everybody needs them. Um, as far as knees goes, it's a little bit trickier. And, and without getting too much into the mechanics, think about it this way: oh, everything changes in the force that that goes through your leg when the foot hits the ground. Right. So, and, and we we call it ground reaction forces, and and we call it chain reaction. So, when the foot hits the ground your knee is essentially responding to the forces that are being returned uh, from the ground. So the foot's the first place to go. And the hip is certainly a critical piece because if the foot's going one direction and the hip's going the opposite direction, then we get, a, we get a torque at the knee. And that's commonly what we'll see in people with meniscus injuries, with patellar tendonitis, with uh, the kneecap subluxing. So we'll see these common injuries, especially in younger athletes who are growing. Mm-hmm. Their tendons aren't catching up with the length of their bone. They're just out. They're growing too fast, right? They're growing too fast. For their sport. Yeah, exactly. So we see this fairly commonly, and and we always we you always want to think about what's what's happening at the foot. Mm-hmm. What are the mechanics of the foot with regard to your sport, with regard to all these other factors, right? Which could take into account the shoe, the surface oh, yeah. they're running on, you know the the you know, the, the imbalance of the surface or all that stuff. Yeah, absolutely. And what are, and what are the requirements of the activity that they're trying to do? On so the foot. exactly on the foot. So a basketball players jumping is going to be different from a volleyball players jumping mm-hmm. and some, pl- some sports you're not required to jump. Right. So you're running primarily and is it long distance running or is it short distance? So is it, you know, quick motions or is it, is it over time that the knees uh, getting getting worn down a little bit? I think the big thing about knee pain is, especially with an aging population. So we're talking about you know our thirty five to fifty five year old runners, cyclists, whatever. Um, is knee pain commonly is stemming from what's happening in your life as far as work, family? Uh, how much are you prioritizing yourself? Interesting. And how much are you sitting at work? Because a lot of knee pain is, is, is addressed, like you said, at the hips, right. attacking those hip flexors, making sure that we're strong in the glutes. And by sitting, we're basically deteriorating everything at right. the hip. 
uh, in the wrong in the wrong direction. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Um, so yeah, the knee is a complex joint, and like you said, um, there's a lot involved to what's actually maybe going on, or those different types of stresses being put on the knee joint. Sure, and it's and it's the dumb joint stuck in between the hip and the ankle. Right, right. So we address the hip and the ankle, and you'll find some answers there. Interesting. Cool. What is athlete counseling? Yeah, so I've worked with a lot of athletes in the past. I, I do. I would say probably twenty percent of my business now is pro bono work. Okay. Uh, so I treat awesome. young athletes for free who can't afford my services and awesome. really can't afford a lot of services. And a lot of what I do with them is counseling them in general health, uh, nutrition. And I'm not an expert in any of these areas. And, and I and I reach out to a lot of personal trainers, to nutritionists, to find some of the answers to questions that I don't have. Sure. But uh, it's really important to me that we that we educate for the long term right and education i I always say is the primary focus of my job more you know hands-on treatment is great uh the training piece is great the strengthening but really it's education what are you going to take with you for the rest of your life what strategies and skills so for young athletes um you know, sometimes it's counseling them on what's going on at home or how are they managing their relationships with their coaches or uh, general health. There's, mm-hmm. a, there's a number of things that go into that, but it's more about I like to invest in young people. Yeah, and, that's uh, cool. That's your passion project. Hopefully make, yeah, hopefully make an impact yeah. you know, in the long term. That's cool. They'll always remember their, their, their counselor, Dave, that, that set them up straight yeah. from the start. <laughs> yeah. That's really cool. Um, me just having a kid, I got a – a couple yeah congratulations it's brand new brand new yeah (laughs) he's a a week and a day today um so i'm looking at things a little different and especially from a biomechanics standpoint like what in your opinion is the healthiest sport like you know you always hear about kids getting concussions in football um you know you hear about all kinds of stuff but you know from a biomechanics standpoint injuries you've seen what's a healthy sport well let me start let me start by asking you what sport do you want to watch your kid play (laughs) It's it's because if you question. say baseball, we might have to end this podcast. No, right absolutely now. not. I I want my kid to do jujitsu, and I want my oh, kid okay, yeah. to play hockey uh-huh. um, and surf. But ultimately, I want my kid to do what he loves, you know, and just give yeah. and just give him access to whatever he wants to do. Sure, and let him try everything. Um, but obviously, if there's things that are dangerous or, or certain activities that you know are, are known to be dangerous, I'm going to try yeah. to steer him away from that. But Knowing my luck, those are the ones he'll be into. Yeah. I'll tell you what. I, I played football and, and lacrosse and basketball, and I got injured. Uh, I got time, injured right? all the time, yeah. and it was always football. Football. And it was always football. And, it's, and, and we know all the evidence now on head sure. injuries. They're talking about it all the nonstop, time. Yeah. right, all the time. Uh, I would steer my child away from football, and that's just me personally. Outside of that, and again, we've said it a yeah. number of times. It's all about variability. There you go. You got to have your kid. I th- I think in every in every sport you can. Now, there's a number of really good articles out there, and and a, a guy down the street named Milo Bryant. Um, Milo a, Bryant. Milo Bryant. Okay. Yep. Um. So he runs uh, he runs a, a company called Milo Strong. He's actually at at um, the driving range right down the street from us. Cool. But he's a Titleist performance uh, certified guy and, and an instructor. So that's how I met him was through Titleist Performance, which is the golf. That You're um, also certified through that. I correct? am, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I got certified through there. He's, a, he's an instructor, so he's a very knowledgeable guy. He's a junior coach, so he works with a lot of young kids. He wrote a really nice article as well 
on um, on multi-sport athletes and variability in sport. And a lot of what we've found historically is multi-sport athletes end up performing better in the long run. So if you're talking about the elite collegiate levels or the professional levels, a lot of those guys were multi-sport, multi-sport. athletes growing up. Yeah, like Michael Jordan played everything, right? Exactly. Michael yeah. Jordan played everything at a really high level. Yeah. <laughs> at a really high level. What we're finding now I think is really scary, which is we're finding sports specificity at such a young age. It's so bad. You, it's bad. Ah. In my opinion, I think it's really bad. Now, what you gain at the young age is a lot of the skills development. Right. And they have this 10,000-hour rule, which, which they've talked about in, in the 4-Hour Workweek and a number of other books where sure. it takes 10,000 hours to master a skill. So sure. if your child is going to be a concert pianist, they need to spend 10,000 hours doing that. Behind the keys, yeah. Behind the keys. Sports are a little bit different because there's really good transferability. So if you're going to be a concert pianist, uh, you're not going to gain the same skills necessarily from cooking. Now, you might have some artistic uh, endeavors, you know, cooking, art, whatever, sure. which, tran- which come over to that, to that piano playing. But sports have a lot of transferability. Sure. And, and we know this from our motor learning evidence. So if you play football, that's going to transfer to soccer yeah. uh, for a number of Absolutely. different reasons. And it's, and it's obvious, right? It's, you gonna, see it. it's cross-pollinates. It cross-pollinates, Absolutely. yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and the problem that we run into with early sports specificity is these kids get overuse injuries at a very young age. So if you're only playing volleyball or you're only swimming, you're going to have that shoulder impingement or shoulder pain because you're overhead all day long. Right. Um, Easiest example of that is probably the, the young pitcher, right? The young pitcher. Right. His yeah. He's all beat up by the time he's 15. Right. Exactly. And they're doing Tommy John now for, for young kids, Tommy wow. John surgery, which is a little scary. So certainly – you know, throwing sports, pitching's a very specific, very skill-oriented right. oriented That's position. That's a repetition-based movement. Yeah, so you have to get those hours. So it's tough. It's a tough – I think it's a tough uh, balance. balance. Yeah. Yeah, it's a good, it's a good point. Um, from a biomechanics standpoint, does that all that same stuff apply? Just variety, just giving the body a lot of different things, letting the body adapt to different movements, different sports? Yeah, you yeah. nailed it. We, I mean, our body responds to stress. Yeah. In a positive manner, yeah. uh, as long as that stress level is managed, yeah. and that's really the job of your personal trainer, right? Is to make sure that you're that you're under the appropriate loads, sure. and, and your body's going to respond positively. Sure. Uh, you see good results, I'm sure, from yeah. uh, from variability. You guys have a ton of different programs here. What do you see? That, that's the key, and the biggest thing I think it just helps with keeping people interested consistently. You know, if you change it up, you know, give people different experiences every time you know that's what keeps them coming back you know that and the fact that they like working out with the people they're next to you know that building that that um community that experience of like people they want to see each other and they want to experience a different thing that's that's been what has helped us get to where we're at and just stay alive so far which has been fun yeah it's good yeah um Another question, I know you, you mentioned before you're not an expert. I know you're not a nutritionist, but obviously you're a healthy guy. You know a lot about wellness. What, what are your nutritional philosophies? You know, you know, and, and not necessarily sports-based, just uh, life-based. You know, if you want to be a, a, a human athlete and you want to be a professional human, you yeah. know, what do you tell your friends, your clients, people that are asking you for advice when it comes to how to eat right? Well, with my young athletes um – where where I feel I have the biggest impact, it's I, I have a I'll send it to you. I have a handout and, and you can maybe post it with the with the podcast. Yeah, we'll put it in the show notes. Um, 
there's a handout that talks about the five simplest changes you can make. And essentially it's, uh, don't drink soda. Yeah. <laughs> right. Huge. Uh, don't eat processed sugar. So don't grab a candy bar. Mm-hmm. Um, and don't have two helpings of bread. So we're talking about really what's the low hanging fruit. What are the basic things that we can, that we can modify? I don't go too far beyond that. Uh, and per- if you stopped right there and just applied yeah. that to you know the entire population, not even just focusing on your right. athletes. I mean, <laughs> I mean, what fifty-five-year-old guy that you meet anywhere except Solana Beach isn't isn't yeah isn't experiencing the same or couldn't benefit from that same advice? You know? Yeah, it's yeah. wild. And a lot of my a lot of my education is less on the nutrition side, sure, more on um, and, and it's not. It's the physiology of that is very, very complex. Diet and nutrition, as you know, is very complex. I focus on sleep. It's huge. Uh, I focus on hydration, right? right? A couple of these other things that, that, are, that are simple fixes. They're simple, simple answers to yeah. these questions. Yeah. So. That's huge. I think those three things, you know, you said cut out the, cut out the soda, cut out the, sh- the processed sugar. Yeah. Um, and the last one was no two servings of bread, I think it was. So yeah, you know, basically you cut down on your, on your processed carbs. Yeah. Um, which is, you know, the basis of, of almost every diet you're going to read about nowadays, right. um, which, which is huge. I, I want to touch on sleep a little bit because that's something that, A, I'm not getting a lot of lately, but B, um, <laughs> you know, I keep hearing. It's like this reoccurring thing. And I, 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 every blog and podcast that I've been into lately at some point or usually multiple times comes back to sleep. Sure. So let's talk about that. Let's dive into that. What's your, What's your knowledge on sleep and, and most importantly, how that affects your day-to-day performance, your, your day-to-day mood, that kind yeah. of stuff? How much, how much do you think personal trainers research or examine training load? Training load. Yeah. Not enough. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, and, I think, and I think that's, I think that's across the board, you know, not, just, not just personal trainers, coaches, sure. uh, therapists even. So training load is important because we're talking about the central nervous system, uh, the stress on the central nervous system and its ability to recover, as well as the tissues. And that the, would be the definition of training load? To, so uh, the definition of training load is the amount of stress that you're, that you're putting, putting on, the on body. your body. Yeah. Got it. But, but I think the important thing to think about is not only are we stressing – the tissues, but are we also stressing the central nervous system? So mm-hmm. when you think about designing a workout for somebody or designing a rehab program for somebody, taking into account how mentally taxing that program can be, is it high intensity, high stress for an hour? Right. That will exhaust you, and you need more time to recover right. from that. And so are you, where are you placing those, you know, those days, those high taxing CNS days, um, with regard to competition and with regard to the other workouts is a critical piece. And then sleep falls right into that Absolutely. because that's the way we recover. How are you sleeping after those type of workouts and one how of the, much? And one of the things I always tell people is what are you doing right be- – or ask them, what are you doing right before you go to sleep? Because reading a book, everybody says, is always great, and I agree with that. But most of the time, we're on our iPads, we're on our iPhones, we're watching TV. Electronics, we know – uh, will will impair our sleep, so we take longer to get into that deep REM sleep. So basically, you're we don't recover sleep. as well. You're getting yeah. you're getting less good sleep. So that's the yeah. concept that we keep hearing about of uh, you know no screen time an hour before you go to right. sleep or, or whatnot. You know, just get get it out of the room. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And and sleep is essential for all of your body processes. Right. I mean, there are three things if you want to gain 
If you want to gain weight or you want to lose weight, and you know this, I'm just saying it for the listeners, there are three things that you have to have no matter which one of those goals you're trying to accomplish, and that's water, sleep, and exercise. Mm-hmm. And if you're not getting one of those three... You're not going to be getting your results. Yeah, you're not getting your results. Absolutely. Yeah. I think uh, the, the weight loss thing is huge You know, for my clients, especially my 5.30 AMers that you're hearing me. Sleep is so huge, and if you're frustrated about your results, you know, instead of coming five days a week at 5.30, take two days and sleep in, Yeah, and you're probably going to be getting better results that I way. I think it's great advice. Yeah, I think sleep is so huge, and it's, it's uh, I think, the first thing that gets neglected from people's lifestyle, unfortunately. Right. That yeah. nutrition. Yeah, and we're considering all these other kind of minute factors when sleep really is an overarching, uh, uh, you know, a big, a big player. That's huge. Yeah. That's good. I'm glad you asked about that. Um, Dave, I think that's going to wrap it up for today. I, I want to bring you back because I know there's some things that we could literally just spend hours talking about, um, but I don't want to make them too long today, and, and I just really appreciate your time. It's been a pleasure. For those of you that are in the North County, if you're in San Diego, period, and you're looking for an awesome physical therapist or just a great guy, check out 19sportsmed.com. And uh, you can, I think, reserve even a free consultation there, right? Yeah, so I do free consultation. Essentially what we were talking about first, uh, yeah. the first contact for the healthcare system. If you're not sure what's going on with you and you think it's musculoskeletal, but you want somebody to take a look at you, I'll do it for free. And, and I'll say I've, I've, I've taken advantage of that. I recently had something go on with my knee, and you know, within a matter of 15 minutes, Dave had isolated it, made me feel better, taped it up, and it was an amazing experience. He's also worked on my... Now, not pregnant anymore, but he worked on my pregnant wife when she was having back issues. Uh, my best friend, Andrew, he's worked on him. And, you know, I've yet to have anyone come to me with anything but a great positive experience. So definitely check him out. Appreciate um, that. And if you've got any youth athletes out there, he works with some of my top clients that are, you know, up and coming athletes. And he's doing really good work with them. So check him out. Dave, we really appreciate it. Thank we you. will see you soon. And um, thanks for being on the show. Thanks, man. This is The Meat Project, weekly discussions with leaders in the wellness community. Visit us online at themeatproject.life.